It's just my opinion, mind you, but I seldom see a sharp mind that's accompanied by a dull wit. They don't usually belong to the same person. They don't pair up together. Some of the funniest people I've known have also been some of the smartest and vice versa in a lot of those cases. Be it book smarts, street smarts, mostly street smarts in my world, fast thinking, fast acting individuals who get in and out of situations because they either had their wits about them or just had plain old good wit. Not to take anything away from the book smart people. Those perhaps with a more wry sense of humor who sometimes only share the joke in the room with themselves. But when they do share with others, it offers up a side of their personality that sometimes goes unrecognized and then we find them delightful. <laughs> Welcome to Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. And if I may, a little self-indulgence and, and a big thank you for those who listen regularly and those who actually subscribe to this podcast. Our humble numbers continue to rise, and that's because you're sharing and getting the word out about this podcast, and I sincerely appreciate those efforts. And, of course, before I introduce my guest, the guest bottle tonight is Buffalo Trace. A great everyday whiskey that we'll tell you more about later as we chat with my two guests this evening, fast-acting, quick-thinking individuals who are gifted in the art of improvisational comedy and so many other things funny. Uh, whiskey business fans, welcome Jeff Gage and Jake Anarino. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Dino. Thank welcome. you so much for having us. Aside from being guests, longtime friends, we've all known each other collectively. Yee. Wow. Goes back to the eighties. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I came in a little later. You came yeah, in you were a little later, but yeah. not much later. Uh, what, no. In the eighties, you were how old? Were you even born? Yeah, I was born in seventy-three. You really? Yeah, it's all over. You were born in nineteen seventy. <laughs> you were born in the seventies. I was, wow. man. That's why I'm so cool. That's why he looks like Danny Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might be. I wish I looked like Danny Partridge. <laughs> Because I thought to, uh, Gage and I had a f uh, have a few years on you. Yeah, yeah we and do. I, well, I've yeah, got a few years couple. on both of you. Yeah, I think you're only like a year older than me. How old are you? 55. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I just turned 58. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah wow, it's all over for you, too. We're no, all done. No, no, yeah. no, no. Are you kidding me? No. I've never felt better. Me too. Never felt stronger. Never felt smarter. Thank God for this whiskey. Yeah, well, hey. <laughs> keeps, you know? keeps those hip replacements away. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, uh, the basic topic because I'm sure we're going to get into a whole bunch of other things, is improvisational comedy. Let me give you a little background, first of all. Jake Anarino, one of the finest actors and comedians in the business. Those are his words. <laughs> <laughs> well, you asked, me, you asked me for an intro. That's bio. <laughs> he asked me for an intro. I gave him an intro. He, he also has done a, a ton of movies. You've been in a ton of films. I've been in a couple. A couple. Uh, you have your Screen Actors Guild card. I do. You are a dues-paying member of the Screen Actors Guild. Well, I owe him money right now, but yeah. <laughs> Same here. I, I have a, a SAG card that's in default. Oh, right yeah, now. me it's too. A, my, mine's all paid up. Thank all you. Right. So we're well, all, look at this guy. So we're all, He's we're got all, the one with the... we're all members of SAG. We should be interviewing you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in a union that we're not getting any work from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, of course, Jake not only tours nationally, he tours now globally as well. That's right. Right. And Jeff Gage uh, also 
an excellent comedy mind, actually teaches uh, improv classes for beginners. We'll get into that a little bit sure. at the Funny Bone here in Columbus, Ohio. Also hosts uh, Improv Wars at the Shadowbox Cabaret here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, improv comedy was probably, before I even thought about doing stand-up comedy, that was my first um, step into that world, and I actually did it with you yeah. back in the comedy sports days. Jesus. Which wow, was yeah. A, uh, you, did you know that just made a resurgence? They, they just started another franchise here in Columbus. Comedy sports? Comedy sports is There's a lot of improv in here in Columbus. There's man. a ton it's of improv in busting Columbus. Busting at the seams. Why is, is it Columbus? It's weird. I, you know. Or why is, it, why is improv enjoying such a resurgence? Let me ask you guys that. Uh, you oh, know, I don't think improv ever went anywhere. Improv, I mean... It didn't go anywhere, but it was kind of like that, you know, for a while it seemed like it was that that uh, second or third cousin of stand-up right. that, yeah. that, here's, people, here's that the people really didn't embrace and appreciate as much as actual stand-up No, comedians. you find that you still see that animosity or that yeah. uh, uh, w with stand-ups and improv. Uh, I, I mean, you see, you would see it in the clubs. Well, Dino, you toured. You saw, you, I mean, you did the clubs. We toured as an improv group doing comedy clubs, which is kind of weird for an improv group. But we but, were really good. Like, here's the thing. There's a lot of bad improv groups. I think and then was, what happens is people yeah. go, oh, improv isn't good. And that's not true. Bad improv isn't good. But when you get, like, a group like Midwest Tool and Die or Second City or a team of people that work as a unit that work together and aren't a bunch of clowns trying to out-funny each other, you can get a really beautiful thing. And yeah. I think improv gets kind yeah. of a bad rap. Would you say that's true, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, bad, there's nothing worse than bad improv. Um but, but when it's done well, there's nothing to me uh, more perfect because it's in the moment. It's 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 there. You had to be there, and to that is see it that is the be beauty created. of it. So yeah. when you're teaching uh, improv, I mean, do you, is it hard to? Is it you know? Everybody says you can't teach funny. You uh, can't. Yeah, and in I some cases with, with with like with stand up, you know, people develop and they <clears throat> and they grow. As they as they go on stage, starting with the open mics. I mean, all of us sucked in the beginning. Sure, but but after you know repeating ourselves up on stage and going up there time and time again, we began to develop our our stage persona, our presence, and and got to get to the base of who we are. With improv, when you have these beginners coming in, I mean, do are, are some even after the class is all said and done, just don't have it. Uh, yeah, to a certain degree, yes. I think th there are those who force it. I, I, the whole thing about improv is you try to teach people to be in the moment, be in the now. Um, and when people try to control too much, try to be too funny, like I'm going to take this over, and I, it, it's, it, it comes off as contrived, forced, it's not in the moment, and it lays there. It's flat. If you, it has to be uh, organic. It ha You can't force it. You have to. You have to kind of let the funny come. Yeah. In right. improv, I think the humor. A lot of it comes in the commitment to the character and the situation, rather than. I know, like when I first got into improv, I was always like looking for the joke, looking for the joke. Right. Jeff Gage was my <clears throat> my teacher, my improv coach. And for years, he said, "Dude, just don't." Don't just calm down. Be be in the moment. Be in the character. And it took me years to till finally I go. Oh, if I commit to this, the funny's just going to come. I just got to trust myself and right. trust the other actors. You start with a base reality. I mean, don't uh, the the audience isn't going anywhere. 
they're interested. And, and a lot of improvisers, especially new improvisers, immediately want to fill the word the stage with words. They want to get to the funny right away. They you know they're they're in a hurry to get some kind of reaction. Let it breathe. It's like it's like a whiskey. It's like a whiskey. You got to put an ice cube in it. Let it open up. Let it open. You know, don't chug it. Don't yeah. Don't with just the ice cube going down your throat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to let. It's, yeah, tell it's that called, to my grandfather. God rest his soul. <laughs> Start with a base reality. Start with a who, what, and where. Let's establish that first. Let's all be in agreement on that. Then. Let the scene develop. Let it. It's gonna be funny. It's it's fake. And, and quick. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to uh, an improv group that both of you were a part of, and and Midwest Comedy Tool and Die MCTD was uh, uh, just a great great group, and that group worked so well together uh, with uh, a lot of the core members that that were from start to finish, and then you incorporated new members that sure. kind of came in yeah. and out of it, but. Um, you know, what was the secret to that success? If you had to give me three words that are necessary to be successful in improv, what would they be? Hmm. Well, practice, practice, practice. We did workshops. Here's the thing about MCTD. They were not lazy. You know, there were other improv groups that were trying stuff. Right. And they weren't as funny. We did workshops. How many nights a week did we workshop? Uh Five. Five yeah, we nights were, a week. We were together five nights a and week. And then we did We, two we did shows. not have lives, so. We were all, <laughs> no, we were and, all And they in. usually, our workshops would uh, always end with uh, drinks and cocktails afterwards, so they continued on. We always did notes after shows, too. So we always assessed, uh, went back over and analyzed what worked, what didn't, um, and why, you know. Uh, just like, as you would with a, your stand-up set. Sure. Right. You, you know, it's like, why didn't that work? I thought it was funny. Or you, you massage things. And, and it's no different. I mean, even though it's improvised. And we did a, a blend of sketch because our group was comprised of stand-ups mm -hmm. primarily. And some, like Rick Walker was a very good actor. He was a classically trained actor. Um, so we had theater and stand-ups. Uh, it was just, I think the reason it worked, it was uh, a good combination of uh, characters. Uh, yeah, they complemented sort of each other. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It was magic. We need to yeah. bring that group back together, dude. Yeah. If yeah. Everybody I, wasn't I still on... have people that I, I, I come across that talk about Midwest Comedy Tool and Die. Oh, I and, don't. Uh, <laughs> you know, I hear it now and then. <laughs> I, I still hear it. I mean, they were, you know, I, I think I, I, when I used to introduce you guys up on stage, I always I the, <laughs> the MCTD, Masters of Comedy, Timing and Delivery, <laughs> which was true. Why are some people really good at improv, but cannot do stand-up once they're in the solo in the in the solo world of stand-up? I've 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 seen that. I've seen yeah. some guys. that no, they, I've they, seen it too. Where they where they yeah. are in the group, and they and they work well with others. Right. But they get thrust into that into that solo spotlight. Not the case with you. I mean, you yeah, you 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 go in in and out. I'm talking to Jake right now. You go in and out of both worlds uh, successfully and effectively. So you're shaking your head like, you don't know. because No, you, yeah, you I, don't... I don't know the answer to that, though. It's weird. Uh, but I've seen good improv actors that do, you know. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm not some saying. Some guys I'm, can't. Some yeah. guys can't. And my, that's my question. Why do you think that is, Jeff? Honestly, I think it's because uh, just because you're a good improviser doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a good stand-up. Uh, because improv is scenic-based, there's other characters, uh, other people on stage that you're involved with, you're interacting with. You can pick your shots. 
you can shine in that as a character or as a, you know, uh, you can pass the ball, as it were. When you're doing stand-up, it's just you. Mm -hmm. You're the writer, director, producer, and the star of the show. That's it. You 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 don't you can't hand the ball off to somebody else. Right. There's nothing else to rely on. Staying so. in that in that vein of conversation for a second, what do you guys consider to be uh, some of the most important rules of improv that that kind of need to be? Uh, oh, the, sus- the fundamentals s- are sustained. Yeah, the fundamentals are all important. <clears throat> don't negate. Okay, I I was studying at uh, Groundlings in Los Angeles, and I was in a basic class. Sorry. And, uh, it, no, the ice is allowed to make noise. It is whiskey yeah, business, is, and that's, that's part true. of the business. Sorry, so I, don't don't apologize. Go ahead. My I'm mouth sorry. happens this to be next to the mic. Made a gag every class of negating somebody, and it would get a laugh. So it would reinforce him that oh, this is working. I'm going to keep doing it. So if somebody comes out and establishes a reality, oh, I'm going to pour a nice glass of milk for you, he would say, oh, that's not milk. That's whiskey, and it would get a laugh. Yeah, but then it just shit on the whole reality, right. and and. That kind of screws everybody over. So now is the other person crazy in the scene or a liar or what? It, it, so that they're like the fundamental rules are important. Uh, who, what, where, like he said, establish the reality. Don't negate. Uh, yes. And and like if yes. Uh, and explain that Jeff, whatever, whatever someone says, uh, don't negate it. There's no yes, but there's no yes. Oh, however, OK, it's so yes. You, I've whatever you give me uh, is a gift. So if I look I at accept Jeff it and, and say, yeah. we're in a scene, and I say, George Washington, the the troops are at the door. Well, then gather the rest of the men. I'll get my panties on. You know, it's like I, I'm good. You know, so say, I no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not George Washington. <laughs> and what men He's, are you talking about? So if he comes in and calls me whatever, I yeah. have to accept it. You have to and take go whatever's with it. given yes, to you. Yes, and not yeah. no. Yeah, not you know, change the reality or try you to really, negate it. It's teamwork. Yeah. Improv is very much a team Follow sport. the follower is the mo- mantra that I preach. Follow the follower. Fo- don't lead, follow. If everybody's following, you're going to swirl and But create. at some point, doesn't somebody initially have Somebody's got to make, there's got to be a spark, there's right? Gotta, somebody has to lead, yeah. somebody has to start. Right, and that's usually the audience. Give us a suggestion. That's where that's our starting point, and then somebody's going to start something. I might start something stacking boxes, and uh, Jake might think I'm in a warehouse. I might have thought, you know, I'm putting munitions in a in a weapon. But when he comes in and says, "Hey, is the truck loaded?" It's like, yes, it is. You know, I have to go with what he, now he thinks I'm doing. Right? And it mm-hmm. sucks. So it's following. In your Just head, follow. You have this really funny thing, and somebody comes in and changes the reality that what you were going for, and you know, okay, uh, you know what? There goes you just, that. You funny. gotta let go. Yeah, you, you do. You gotta, you let, gotta go. let it go. How yeah. important is the audience? Oh, very important. I, yeah. mean, yeah. I mean, how important? I mean, do you? Because do you, sometimes, I, and I've been to a lot of improv shows where I've seen a a lazy audience, like. You know, yeah. give me a suggestion, and and you hear, you know, penis. You yeah. know, right yeah, off yeah. the bat, you get the most base, crude. Well, we did the the Ruby Tuesdays, and it was always penis, dildo, vibrator, fuck. You know, it was yeah. all it was all simple so, stuff. So Texas one guy, shit factory. <laughs> Texas, <laughs> What's that? Texas. I don't know shit what factory. That, yeah, that was. We uh, made a damn good scene about a Texas shit factory. That though. that kept coming up like week <laughs> after week for like almost a half, like six months. So finally, like, one guy we had in the regulars group, that were. Coming in <laughs> one guy in the group comes up with this idea 
So if I want, I don't want all this dildo and vibrator stuff. I'm going to ask, I'm just going to come out and ask for something that you would like to see shoved up my ass. <laughs> so every show he'd come out and go, what's something you'd like to see shoved up my ass? And then it was a blender, <laughs> the Holy Quran. It was all this like real oh. comedy stuff. Like, oh, wow. You something know. to work with. Yeah, yeah right, it wasn't finally. dildo. It wasn't vibrator. Yeah. It was like. Because <laughs> those have been, those are, those are common things that are always shoved up. You're going to get that. You're right. going to get that in the club atmosphere. Because the audience, when you invite them to be part of the show, that they, they want to snipe. They can. You know, fire off dildo and then sit back and be anonymous in the, it's in the audience. Be, did you uh, mention yeah. they're part of the show? Because yeah. when you're doing stand up, unless you actually, uh, unless that's part of your thing, yeah, you, you, do you don't work. want the audience right, interacting exactly. with you. You want to do what you what you've written and what you've said. Unless you actually cross that line and invite them, then that's on you. But. You know, it's interesting that you rely on the audience with improv, but to stand up, you just want the audience to sit back and enjoy it. Did and what you ever you've got do crowd? Say. Let me ask you this: Did you ever do crowd work? I mean, because um, you, you're pretty well, at ease and you're, I, you you're know what? good conversation. I I started to do more crowd work when um I, I took the 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 gig here at Sunday Night Five and started hosting at right. the Funny Bone, and th as a result, that made me an even better host than I was when I actually started in stand-up and had to be an MC uh, because I, I, I realized it's an old it's an old show business um, philosophy that I believed in even when I when I started doing stand-up that uh, the host uh, when I go up on stage and host a show uh, I think that is one of the most important roles in that evening uh, the host has to set the stage the host has to set the table the host has to uh, make the audience comfortable and and make them realize that you're here for a great show right. and i kind of use that that mentality like uh I, I don't mean this in an egotistical way but when i go up on stage i the thought process i have this is my show and these are my guests and yeah. it's up to me now to set the table to convince you that you're in for a great show and you're going to really love everybody that comes up here i don't try to steal the show i don't try to monopolize the no. show but i want to make it so yes that has involved uh, crowd work from time to time. Um, I, I don't always invite it because now I still like to go up on stage when I I still write stand up. Sure. So, so I like to try out some stuff. But if it happens and I engage them, I'd rather they do it with me up front than mess with the other comics who actually have their thirty minutes or their forty five minutes and have things that they want to say and get them out there. You know. So yeah, um, my crowd work has gotten better as I've gotten older. Yeah. Is the but, is the long winded point so I was trying it, to do make? Do you attribute that to being because that's improvised, obviously? Yes. And it, uh, I mean, do you attribute that to just comfort, just yes. being uh, doing it more? Because when you did stand up, you were doing, you were headlining mm -hmm. all over the country. So, I mean, and you didn't do crowd work that you, no that because you were doing your material. I selfishly wanted to do my material. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I really did. I really did. I mean, I I didn't want to have to deal with the audience anymore. I had stuff that I'd written and I was proud of, and I wanted to do it. But now as a host. Yeah, you feel com more comfortable. If something it. happens uh, right up front, I'll run with it, you know, and I'll, and I'll go with it because if the audience is digging it and so forth, like I said, it's not my show. So if I can get everybody where they're supposed to be, by the same token, I, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, okay, I don't want this to be, I don't want them to think that now they can talk to everybody up on stage. Right, right. And I'll say, you know, early on, you know, don't. You know, keep your conversation down to a minimum. You can talk to me all you want, but people are coming up here, you know, let they, them do their act. Let them yeah. let them do their thing, and and that seems to work. If you get their respect and their confidence, then I think, and and keep charge, then I think you can kind of regulate where the show might go that night as a host, right? As a host, so yeah, a little bit of both.
Wow, I didn't mean to talk that long about all that shit. Sorry. But <laughs> no, uh, I, you, you because that's me. that's improv. I mean, that's a, you're improvising. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's the topic of this. Uh, and I love hosting webcast. I love hosting. Yeah. I love hosting a show. I really do. I hate it. Do you really? Yeah. Why? I'm just not. A, you know, first guy out. I don't like it. Why? I like the crowd warmed up before I get up there. Are you saying you can't perform in front of a cold crowd? No, that's not true. I don't like to. You don't like to, but you can do it. I've well, done it, yeah. I don't I like it as much as like doing the the cushy feature spot or the or the headliner spot. The feature spot's easy. The rock and chair spot. Oh man, yeah. That's why you know when we have these benefits at the Funny Bone, right. I'm so glad to be hosting because on oh, any right. on any given night you don't want to follow Jake. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to follow Jake. You know because he 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 works is, blue. The <laughs> kid works that, blue. But, but sometimes I get in the zone, bro, and it's you get over. In the zone, I mean you. You sometimes grab the pulse of the audience and run with it. Yeah. I mean. And a lot of that's improv. Yeah. A lot of times something will happen in the crowd that's funnier than the shit I wrote. And I'm like, thank God I had all those years of improv that I could just accept what's happening and not freak out. And that's because Jeff Gage right there was one of my coaches that got me where I am. I I wouldn't be where I am today. This goes back to can you teach somebody to be funny? I can't teach him how to be funny like that. No. Um, but you so, taught me to get in the right mindset to accept right. things that are out of my control and to accept them and make them funny. I, I got in movies because of improv, major movies with Adam Sandler. I've been all over the world because of improv. Jeff Gage got me there, and he's a teacher right here in Columbus. You could literally learn the art here in town. So there's a skill set that you could you could actually teach, and people can learn if their mind is open enough to do it. And then what they do yeah. with it after that... It's kind of it's on, them. Them. It's yeah. on them. Yeah, you're not going to... I take no credit for anyone's talent. I mean, because I have students who have gone on and done stuff. I can't take credit for that. They did that on their own. I you showed them some... You can take credit bro. You helped me I a lot. I can show you some things that might help you. And, and if they do help you, great. You know, but if I take su- uh, credit for your success or somebody else's success, I got to take credit for the other... 350 mm-hmm. failures of people who sure. have gotten on anything. Point. Well, that's, you know, point. that's definitely your business. fault, too. So, you know, yeah, it's all my fault. It's a, it's a <laughs> stain on your it's, career. You know, the cream's always going to rise to the top. <laughs> Let oh, me yeah. back up and get a little history. Yeah. You were in high school when you came across these guys? I I auditioned for MCTD. I was, was I a junior or a senior? You were just doing open mic, yeah, and you were still in high school. I remember that. So who, found, who found who? Did you find they them? Had a, they had an ad in the paper saying we're looking for somebody to come in. We were, at that time, we were working the road. We were closing out when we were in town. We would close out the open mic uh, show. I remember at that. The, was it at the Bone or at the at, at the, the Ramada? At the Ramada. Uh, maybe one both. Of the, either maybe one both. of them. Yeah, probably. we did both. But, uh, um, so, yeah, so, and we had established all these gigs here in Columbus where we had like four getting performing almost three or four nights a week here in town then we started getting booked on the road it's like well shit we're giving up this revenue why don't we cast another group to do these gigs while we're on the road we'll generate revenue on both sides so we were like the touring company and then we had uh so we started casting other people. Wasn't it MCTD2? MC, MC squared yeah 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 right MC squared yeah. George Caliotis was in that. Uh, Who else? Who's, we, and he's he's faculty of Second City out in L.A. now. He's he's, I think he's teaching out there, and he's he's the keyboardist for L.A. Second City. You probably remember all the uh, <laughs> I remember stand-ups. All, I remember all those names. All the open micers. Oh, oh my gosh, yes. Loftus and Holmes joined us right? because we were formerly on the line improv, and it was Lisa Phillips and oh, myself yeah, Lisa, and Alan sure. Headley and uh, 
Um, and you mentioned Michael Loftus, who, by the way, I, I texted with earlier this evening to tell him that you guys were doing the podcast tonight. <laughs> tell and him he, I said hi. He, says, to him he, he says hey and sends the best and promises him that he'll do this podcast next time he's in town. So, Sweet. Uh, but, um, yeah, he was part of that group, and he's yeah. doing well for himself right now. Yeah. He's, he's doing – he's, he's, he's uh, writing on the uh, – Kevin, Kevin Kinway, James Kevin Kinway, yeah, Kevin Kinway show, yeah. yeah, yeah. Still trying to figure out what happened there. With with what? Uh, well, they're they're uh, they they dumped the wife. They're they're switching gears. Yeah. Oh yeah. Leah Remini's coming back as his wife. And not as his wife. No, they had some uh, as his side hoe. At, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. A CBS comedy on at eight thirty has a side hoe. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's about time they, they got with they, it. They said yeah, they're going to exactly. make some changes. I don't think side hoe's one of them. Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, she she came back in a two parter at the end, and uh, now the woman who played his wife is out, and so I don't know what the changes are going to oh, be. Wow. He has not updated me. I wonder yet. who she pissed off on the set. <laughs> yeah, some pro- Michael Loftus. sleep with a producer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want her out of here. <laughs> no one now. talks to Michael Loftus like that. <laughs> <laughs> You're done in this cleanup. Oh, I, <laughs> I know he said he was going to listen to this podcast. Is he talk? Is he referring to himself in the third person yet? <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. That would be interesting to find out. No, I don't think he is. No, I don't think he is either. God bless Michael Loftus. In respects to improv and just stand up today, there's a couple things that have been going on here as of late that uh, I want to ask you both about. And, and and Jake, since you're out there on the road a lot more, you, you might be uh, better to ask this particular question. But, Mr. Gage, I want your opinion as well. The state of comedy, stand-up comedy today, um, Kathy Griffin and what she did with Donald Trump uh, just blew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, nationally as a story, and also blew up, they say, potentially, her career. Norm MacDonald just recently said that he wasn't going to do any transgender humor because he didn't want any of the jokes he would say about that to be misconstrued and actually wind up hurting somebody. So he's eliminated those. Uh, God, that goes it, 10 minutes of his act. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, but in, in the world today, I mean, are there are there still sacred cows? Because there used to be a time where there were no sacred cows in comedy. Right. You could talk about and do anything you wanted to. What's the climate now, in your opinion, out there today as far as what you do and how you do it? Oh, man, I don't know. I used to be all political and stuff. But lately, uh, I, if you want a wide audience, you don't really want to piss off 50% of your... Do you find right now that in, in this day and yeah, age, yeah, we're the way, very polarized it, it, right it, it, now. Very oh, polarized, so that you can actually split a room. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, you could split uh, your whole look. Social media is very important. You're you're a comic. You're trying to sell T-shirts and DVDs. So you get on Facebook every day and you start arguing politics or making political posts. Fifty percent of your audience on social media is going to go. This guy's a dick. I'm not buying anything off this guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not, but look, if, if you are all in on your art and you want to make a statement and that's your thing, you have to accept the consequences. Uh, what's the guy? Ah, he talks like this. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey had like a, a multi-million dollar deal with Aflac mm-hmm. and he did this joke in Japan. Well, they knew when they hired him, he did crazy jokes. Listen to his Howard Stern stuff. He lost a multi-million dollar deal off of one joke he did one night at a club that somebody put on YouTube or something. So, I mean, I don't know. I On one hand, I say freedom of speech, say what you want.
But on the other hand, you have to understand there's consequences to these things. I could give a damn what any comedian says anymore. I don't even keep up with that. These days, I'm too busy. I'm doing a YouTube channel, you know, with I'm posting videos every day. I don't have a minute to even think about politics or try to make any sort of statement. I'm trying to make money, you know. And but that, but, I, but it's interesting because, I, and, and I call this what you just said, a, a more mature uh, Jake and Reno, yes. because there was a time, <laughs> yeah, there was, was a time where you would have said, you know, damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care what anybody says. This is how I feel, and this is what I'm going to yeah, do. Yeah, but then I actually have been banned from clubs for things <laughs> I said. And then I said, wait a you second. You got a little taste of that, huh? Yeah. And, you know, I, I said, I got to eat. <laughs> I was banned at one point from every club in Iowa. Every the like, entire state. I what did you do? Entire, what did you like, do? I could understand getting banned from a club in Iowa. I almost I said something disparaging about Iowa, but I, I refrained from it yeah. because I, just in case I end up back on the road, I want to play Iowa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm booked. I'm in hey. Des Moines. Hey, you're back. At the Funny Bone. Funny Bone Des Moines, late July 22nd, I believe I'll be out there. So I'm I'm back in, but it took me years to get back in. That's I was a, doing political stuff. Got banned from one club, another night drinking or something. But uh, definitely, politics has definitely hurt me. I would have thought that would go over well in Iowa. So. <laughs> in an improv situation now, with the when you do improv shows and the you're audience, gonna get the, you're gonna the get audience suggest- offers up suggestions. Right. The audience shouts out Donald Trump. Uh, you're going to you're going to get Hillary that. Clinton. You got to you, you you safeguard from it um, in the sense that you 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 have to say you know. I need a suggestion for uh, somebody famous other than Donald Trump because you're going to that's going to it's going to be the that guys in the one. forefront of everyone's psyche right now. I mean, it's you're inundated with it 24 seven. I mean, he's kind of overtaken the media, uh-huh. as it were. So this- and as far as going back to the uh, the thing with comics, I mean, be funny. I mean, quite frankly, Kathy Griffin's thing. What was funny about that? I there agree. was nothing yeah. there that was, wasn't no. funny. It was just offensive. And no regardless of which side of the aisle you're on, you know? It just wasn't funny. Same with the Bill Maher thing. The fool That's and the king yeah, funny. Yeah, it's offensive. Thank you. you just reminded it's, me of that it's, as well. It's just offensive. Yeah. I mean to and to be offensive or shock humor for the sake of shock humor that I mean Make sure there's some humor behind the shot. So Bill Maher you know? says the N-word on his show. Well, and I don't know the context of that. I, um, I didn't hear it either. I didn't, but yeah, I don't know. Still, I don't get offended guy. at anything at yeah. all, usually. I don't either. Yeah, so I don't really. For the most part, but. He referred to himself uh, as the N-word in a, in a, in a I think a, I've done that on stage. House. Yeah. Okay. So it was like a, it was like you know, had a, it was like a two-parter almost. Yeah. And he caught a lot of flack for it, and he apologized. He did. He did not lose his gig on HBO. There's yeah. been no firing. There's been uh, apologies galore, and 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 there's been some people that that raised a fuss, and other people that that defended him. But he didn't lose his job. But Kathy Griffin is, uh, you know, she losing loses, a sponsorship. Lose, loses yeah. a sponsorship, loses the CNN gig uh, yeah. with uh, Anderson, Anderson Cooper. <laughs> yeah. the squatty, she lost the Squatty Potty endorsement. Which, I, I, really, <laughs> Which, how many way, of us even knew she had that gig? So, I, you know, not. come on. Yeah. And, and has been canceled at clubs <clears throat> because clubs are fearful of, their, reta- uh, yeah, of right. retaliation that they're going to have her in the clubs. Does, does someone like Kathy Griffin, will she? You bounced back. You're going back to Iowa. 
Yeah, does, I did bounce back. Does Kathy Griffin bounce back? I think so. From something yeah. sure. like this? Absolutely. Yeah, She's look, got a social loyal media fan, fan base. If she gets a million YouTube subscribers, three million, five million YouTube subscribers, there'll be places that'll book her and give her money. It's yeah, all about advertising get... dollars, quite frankly. Uh, it is. I mean, uh, the Bill Maher, uh, you know, HBO doesn't have advertisers. Um, whereas Bill O'Reilly on Fox News has advertisers. True. Good point. Um, you know, when you lose those dollars, I but mean, HBO has subscribers. They have subscribers. That, I don't and, think. And, yeah, but uh, they're weighing or they're betting against that. Uh, apparently, mm -hmm. that they're not going to lose subscribers by keeping him on. I'm guessing. I don't know what the uh, you know. I find it remarkable in this country CEOs. what we do with our celebrities, our comedians, our actors, whoever the case might be. Um, we've talked about this on the radio too. We l love to hero worship. We love putting them on a pedestal, but as much as we love putting them on a pedestal, there's nothing we love more than seeing somebody being knocked off that pedestal. And then months, weeks, years later, we applaud when they climb back up from the ashes and get back on that pedestal. And go, Yay! <laughs> We're the same people that, that, that had nothing but disparaging things to say when he fell down. And now, now yeah. we're thrilled that he's back or she's back. It's like those old uh, behind the music things yeah. on M MTV or, uh, or VH1 used to do about bands, about their meteoric rise. Right. Then they got into drugs and fell <laughs> off the planet and they were de nearly dead. And then they had their comeback album. You know, it's like, yeah, we love that uh, reclamation story, that, that story of somebody coming, rising from the ashes. So do you guys you know, want, I, at some point in your in your, in your your lives, do you want that, that total fame, that total pack? Do you want to be up on that pedestal at some point, even though you know that there's a fear that you might get knocked down? I think it's inevitable you're going to get knocked down, isn't it, at some point? At some point. What goes up must come down. John Travolta. Guy was a joke for years. Uh -huh. People would clown on that guy. Then Pulp Fiction. Boom. Okay, but before he then was a million, clown for years, he was he was he, the man. He was a yeah. Saturday Night Fever, Urban right. Cowboy. He could do no wrong. Right. But but then he became a joke, and then Pulp Fiction. Then he's a movie star again. Right. I mean, it happens. I I don't know if I want to be so. See, man, when I'm in L.A., sometimes I'll see like uh, a celebrity trying to eat dinner, and people will be like, stop and just take a selfie without asking or some stuff like that. And I'm like, man, that would kind of suck. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand. They go home to a much nicer house than mine. Yeah. So, that, like, it's a small. The whole fame thing. Well, you have it here in Columbus, I'm sure, to, oh, to I, a degree, right? I mean, you, the, you get recognized the, everywhere I mean, you yeah, go. Yeah, I'm you're amazed pretty... when I get recognized. I'm on the radio, but every once in a yeah, while. Yeah, you but you're on billboards, you're on TV, you do public appearances. Every once in a while. But, I mean. I got I got the, the big fish in the small pond right. thing going on, and which I'm. Extreme. I think that's the, that's a good spot right there. I think, there. well, yeah. I, hey, I've it said is, it before actually. on this podcast, and I've said it uh, on the air. I am so appreciative of, of what I've got, and I hope to God that I don't intentionally or unintentionally, you know, screw it up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like people, in fact. Have another cocktail, <laughs> Dina. <laughs> in fact, people like yourselves, my friends, I uh, have been like, dude, I can't believe you've been doing this for 24 years, and you haven't. You haven't fucked it up. You haven't shit the bed yet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like how do you like, you... like uh, <laughs> with each passing year? I've seen the you, odds are increasing. I've seen you blackout drunk in a Santa suit before. So yeah, I, I, and you still have a job. But it's for yeah. charity. That's it's true. For good. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. And when you do it for the kids, it's forgiven. And I make it to work the next morning. So That's true. I've never never been like that. I've never missed work. Because of anything I've done at the club the night before, I've always come to work the next day.
That's amazing to me. Um, I have three-day hangovers at this age. I didn't say I don't yeah. have three-day hangovers, but I still come to work. He's still here. Speaking of which, our glasses are empty, and let's take a little break to maybe fill them back up and uh, ask ask uh, your thoughts on what you think about the Buffalo Trace, boys. What do you like? You like it? I do like it. Yeah. As I found Jake earlier in the uh, before we started recording. Um, I'm a big fan of affordable whiskeys. A lot of people think that, you know, oh, in order to get a good bourbon, it's got to be like $70, $80, $100. No, there are some excellent under $30 bourbons, which I'm a big fan of, and Buffalo Trace is one of them. Buffalo Trace is one of the oldest American-owned distilleries in the country, um, 200 years and counting. They were one of the few distilleries that in the days of Prohibition were actually allowed to still make whiskey for medicinal purposes. Oh. Yes, there How'd was. How'd they swing that? Oh, uh, there, there were some people that uh, there were some people that were allowed. There, there was a certain amount of, of whiskey that was allotted for medicinal purposes, and that's how people would get around uh, the purchase of whiskey. They would go to their local pharmacist and get whiskey for medicinal purposes. Right, right. Yeah. Um, you could still make sacramental wine in California. There were a couple of right? wineries that were allowed yep. to uh, still continue to vent wine. And, um, uh, you know, I, for those who have a, a nose or a, a palate that's not completely destroyed um, with with the uh, Buffalo Trace, you'll pick up some hints of vanilla yeah, and some toffee. Um along with some uh, uh, honey and oak. It's got a nice long finish. Uh, and like I said, between 27 and $29 a bottle. Um, so it's delicious. Y- y- I, you I can't go wrong. Yeah, you can't go wrong. Really so I'm glad you guys are enjoying that. And for those of you who like to follow along on whiskey business and actually purchase these whiskeys, um, there you go. You, you, you can't go wrong. What makes you laugh, gentlemen? What makes you laugh? You know, wow. Uh, it's like music, you know, like some days I like reggae, some days I like jazz, some days I like like a good metal, like mm-hmm. hard guitar. Um, uh, anything from a kitten falling off of a chair to, uh, you know, a well-crafted joke with a nice tag, you know, that, that oh, wow, that was clever. Or a, a, an ill-timed fart, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah. If it's funny, it's funny. It's 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 a lot of it's timing. So you, you know? haven't gotten a, jaded where like you know that doesn't make that uh, you can still appreciate all types of funny. I mean, yeah. I don't even watch stand up comedy anymore at all. I don't really either. Yeah. So what makes you I used laugh. to love it. Oh yeah. man, the the because you both make me laugh. I was just watching some of Jake's YouTube stuff before we started recording, and I was laughing. I see you do improv, and 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 I still laugh my ass off. Uh, you still haven't answered me about what makes you laugh. I mean, you don't watch other stand-up you comedians. You know what? Like, really simple viral videos a lot of times, guy getting hit in the nuts or something, that shit makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> like, you go through Instagram, you see some yeah. funny stuff. Yeah, you do. But, yeah. Or uh, you know what? Who really makes me laugh and who I don't think gets enough credit as the comedy geniuses they are, the jackass guys. Mm-hmm. They had a show with a, literally a budget of like $7. They were like skateboarders or something. They are writing for a skateboard magazine. Do this MTV show, boom. Then they're doing movies. Their movies are like top grossing. Jackass 3, I think, was like one of the top grossing comedies at the time. And uh, it's just, I know it's lowbrow a lot of times, but those guys put their lives in danger. They put their health in danger. Johnny Knoxville's peeing through a catheter now. They did it to make people oh, laugh. That's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather just do stand up. Yeah. 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 But, but I respect I'd them very much. Joke. <laughs> like I, I just I think it. there's 
to be all in like that and, yeah. and to put yourself at risk to make other people laugh, I love it. Jackass 3 is a symphony. It's the funniest thing. Have you guys seen it? That's the, It's so funny. I have not. Uh, They're geniuses. I haven't seen one or two either. Wild so should, Boys? I, should I watch those first so I don't... So I'll know what's going There's on in Jackass of, yeah. 3. It'll be confusing. <laughs> I'll be lost. Why does something work one night and kills and then doesn't the next? Wait, be it improv, I, yeah, no. be it improv yeah. comedy, right. you know, because you kind of mm-hmm. know, okay, we, we've been down this road before, this works, and all of a sudden... I blame the audience. I was working with... <laughs> I was working it's always with the, the audience. It is. <laughs> is I was, it? I was is it really? With my buddy. No. I don't think it is. I, I do. don't either. I. I. No, it's always. There's the always. Audience. There's always. Uh, the, I know. Uh, I'm funny. Comics. No, I always hated comics. So I was too hip for the room. It's like, no, you weren't funny. You weren't. You didn't connect. I'm you always did, funny. You Jeff. did something different. You did something that you didn't win them over. You Guy Tory says to me the other night. Oh. Never blame the audience. It's never the audience. I said, guy, it's always the audience. I'm hilarious. I do this stuff all <laughs> over the I do this stuff all over the world and people love me for it. And you're telling me this group of assholes is right and I'm wrong? No, they're wrong. I'm funny. F them. And you don't feel like you, you know, if you if you could actually just rewind it all, there's there wasn't anything you did differently, be it an inflection, a word, uh, an attitude. Something. I'm sorry. Most of the time, if I'm not doing well, I'm serious. I blame the audience. Interesting. Are, you are, yeah. I and I'm the exact opposite. I I always think it's it's always my fault or our fault. It, we didn't connect on some level. There's something we didn't do. That might to be think true you're too sometimes. too hip for the room. Uh, I mean, collectively I'm not too hip. Well, I mean, th- th- I'm just using that as an expression. Right. But uh, I mean, obviously, we never did anything that was so fucking intellectually over. Have you, ever bl- have you ever blamed I, another comedian? Yeah. Um, for either tanking in front of you and really putting the, the room into uh, the audience in a bad mood or just crushing in front of you. I remember following a guy that for literally I was headlining and he did 30 minutes of filthy, dirty yeah. Blue dick right. joke after dick joke after dick joke, and now I'm coming up to talk about my family. Right? <laughs> you right. Know? Uh, yeah, that's I mean, a bad parent. They're, they're, that, that, whoever put that show together should put yeah, together show. Right. And I ate it most every night right. that week because I could not. And 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 then once again, once, do I blame the audience? No, on that, that one? that's not the audience's fault. There, no, but because now they're in. Now that's they're, whoever booked the show. Their appetite's been whetted. They, right. Here's what we want. You know and. I, you, no, you, we, I failed because I wasn't either. I wasn't good enough to switch gears and 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 okay. I, I hope you had fun down that road. Don't you have some dick jokes in your back pocket for the uh, people? D- well, yeah. at that particular time, I really didn't. No, Dino always worked. I didn't relatively. Work, I mean, I relatively cursed, clean. I cursed, yeah, yeah. But I didn't a, have like. But I, you weren't dirty. You weren't yeah, blue. You know, yeah, they're they're, they're, yeah. be, they're be cursing, but they wouldn't be actually blue humor yeah, per right, se. Right. So yeah, I I I. Blame myself. I didn't have the skill set at that particular point to follow a guy that did 30 minutes of really blue, 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 blue comedy. Didn't have it. Today, maybe that'd be different. Yeah. But at, when I was just starting to headline clubs, I couldn't do it. So, well, yeah, no. I blame myself. No, we, when we worked as a group, we always tried to not take the dirty suge- suggestions right up front. Because we knew, you know, if you do that right there, you're setting a tone and you're going to get nothing but that the rest of the show. Right. So, um, you know, it's better to work clean something other than dildo. We would ignore dildo. People would yell it always the first thing. You, <laughs> what? Didn't hear like what? Something other than dildo. Something else. Okay. You know? Vibrator. And, 
virus, something else, you know. My dick. Just go over them. <laughs> Every but night. Just, but, you, 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 can, you so have the ability to add it. Is when, that the only time you're allowed to negate an improv? It is, yeah. When, if when, you don't want to take that suggestion. Here's the other thing. If you're trying I, to do a clean show, you can't yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah, if you're trying to do a clean you show. Can't, you can't take that suggestion. You can't. That's not really negating like, as on. much as just. Well, you challenge them and put it back on them. Come on, so use your brain. You do think, yeah. think about something. That's not what even what I asked for. But also, um, we had, I don't know, people want to be such a part of the show, and they they, they want to get that laugh. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna put, they're gonna throw that out there and get the laugh from their the, the crowd, and it's like, and now they can slink back into their. They made eminent. their funny suggestion, and now they're yeah, the hero yeah. at their table. Yeah, exactly. Because, oh, but it was great. That was great. You said dildo. It's like we invited them to heckle, but once you go down that road, you can't come back. You it's, can't do the dildo scene and then, and then do a scene about like yeah, the universe, and, yeah, yeah, and technology and what if the cool. universe had a dildo? There, there have been shows though. I'll tell you, we did Cinco de Mayo and uh, fucking where was that in Georgia? It was a one nighter on the <laughs> was way that to a somewhere. Comedy house theater or something? Yeah, we were doing one of those comedy house theaters, <laughs> but they booked us a one nighter at some Mexican restaurant, and we get there. It's the only place I've ever been heckled. Getting out of the car to walk into the club. <laughs> you the comedian, you better be funny, fuckers. <laughs> and we're like, oh Jesus, these people are shit faced, and it's uh, only like six in the afternoon. And so we went in there, and the place they're like, it, it was like Animal House. Animal House and Blues Brothers. Like you got the chicken coop yeah, wire. The chi- the yeah, Blues Brothers. Bottles are flying. People are screaming. I'm like, so, and we had a rule: we didn't drink before the show, and we like went. To the bar. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, you're, do you remember this? You, uh, you, you had filthy uh, stand-up. So it's like Rick, Rick Roberts was uh, with us, and it's like, you open, do your dirtiest five. You do dirty 15. <laughs> I'll do some dick jokes, then we're just going to do the filthiest fucking Because uh, we were improv. trying to survive, literally. Literally, just to we get, knew. get paid and get out of it. Because we had to take dirty suggestions that <laughs> night. You knew that's there's all no, you were going to get. Did it, no work? Other... did it work? It did. It did. When we All got right. off, they were like, uh, like the Blues Brothers. Yeah. That was some of the best goddamn comedy we've had here at the Sick and Shack in a long time. <laughs> you boys need to come back more. We often. need to book you back yeah. here. And we're like, no, thank you. Check, please. Settle up on the Oh man. Oh God. Those are the gigs that make you. Yeah. They really make yeah, you a like, strong. They do. Because the, the any, shitty gigs. Any shitty gig after that, you're gonna go. Well, it's not as bad as Cinco de Mayo. It's not one as bad night. as Whitesburg, Kentucky. Yeah. I did prisons for a while there. I did a women's prison. <laughs> I did a women's prison. You did a women's prison. I did a women's prison. That's the that uh, uh, horribly. Uh, really? Yeah. Prisons yeah. are you tough. Know, you know you're sucking when when women want to go back to their cells. That's what happened to me. <laughs> That's what happened and to me, too. And you're a guy. Yeah, you're it's a guy. like you're the first male we've seen, yeah. and this is all you, we get. How bad are you fucking tanking the room when they, I, I want to go back. I want to go back. I've been there. I've yeah. been there. I even said, you guys would rather boo me and go back to your rooms than uh, watch a comedy show? And, well, yeah. yeah. So, boo. Wow. Did they tell you before? That, I mean, were they you were told me. you can't say this? You can't. Did no. they give you a, no, uh, no, no, no. like, you could no say restrictions? Whatever. You could no. say whatever you want? Uh-uh. Whatever you want. Really? Well, it's prison. What, what are they going to do? Lock you up? There was one <laughs> night I said to the guy, why aren't you guys laughing? And the dude in the front row goes, there ain't shit funny in here, boy. 
Well, that's my top point. Point well taken. Yes, sir. Good point, sir. I just got butt fucked. My rectum's still bleeding. What's funny about that? They were booing me on my way to the mic. If I was like, what? I haven't said anything. Boo. Uh, and, let me, and, and if you happen to be listening to Whiskey Business in prison, God bless you. And yeah. thank you so much for, for tuning in. We appreciate yeah. the subscription. We really do. And, the screws uh, are uh, coming hope. to get your radio. <laughs> <laughs> Contraband. Hope you get out soon. <laughs> One of the things that makes me laugh uh, honestly, our conversations like these, when we're all together, be it here tonight at the podcast or at the at the club, and we all get together and we're all kind of unified for whatever the purpose might be, a charity benefit, those are some of the funniest moments. Those are the that 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 everybody just in the moment, you know, going with the flow of the conversation, making each other laugh, whether it's a funny story or something that happened, those are moments that make me laugh. Yeah. Probably the hardest, much like tonight. I mean, I've, I've laughed my ass off tonight just uh, hanging out with you guys. So thank you for that. That makes me Oh, thank you. Thanks for laugh. having us, man. Yeah, um, really. Thanks for the Buffalo Trace, the yeah. sponsor. Yeah, it's uh, well. I wish they. I wish Buffalo Trace would be a sponsor. You know what, Hansberry, my producer Greg Hansberry, who I will thank now. I I will thank now because he does a great (laughs) job of putting this thing together for us week after week. If Buffalo Trace were a sponsor, we've probably had half a dozen, if not more, of their whiskeys on this show. So you don't have any guys. It's you. It's a, it's a saying. It makes I'll it get sound my guys like guys on it. my guys on it. We don't have guys. It's just us. Before I have to say the things I need to say to wrap things up, let me get a couple more things in. We've been sure. chatting with, with Jake and Arino. Jake, what do you got coming up? What do you want people to know if they want to find you, see you? Oh, man. YouTube.com forward slash Jake Anarino. If you just type into YouTube, Jake I-A-N, my name will pop up first. But uh, I do a new YouTube video every 24 hours. I've been doing it since December 29th, uh, 2016. So every day for a while now, and uh, that's commitment. It's going well, man. I'm I've, I'm getting new uh, new subscribers every day. It's pretty cool. So you can check me out there. I'm on Instagram, Jake Anarino, all one word. I'm on Tinder. I'm on MySpace. <laughs> I'm on Tinder. I'm on Swipe Right. <laughs> uh, what do you want people to know about? Well, uh, I'm a realtor here in the Columbus market, <laughs> uh, so you can look me up at Jeff you're... Gage. At kw.com. He's dying uh, to it, sell my house. I'm trying to sell. That's right. We still need to talk. This is going to take another bottle of whiskey on me next time. Uh-huh. Um, cool, yeah. It really is like the um, capital of improv right now, yeah, isn't it? We're burgeoning. Uh, we just had some people from I.O. move here, the Nest Theater, too. That uh, That's crazy. Um, yeah, Tara and Rancer are doing classes, and they have performances. They're the ones that have the comedy sports thing. Um, not that I'm here to plug them, no, but, uh, no, it's, screw it's, them. You know, but it's, but, but it's it a, is, it's, it's growing. A, it's an, they, it's they a community. They moved here from Chicago. To, it's, it's, an, it's an improv yeah. community, so everybody right. wins. Right, you know, exactly. If, the, if good improv gets spread around exactly. and people hear the word improv, you know, the, and, and subliminally they go, well, that's always a great show. Right. Everybody there, wins. There are some, there's some really good improvisers here in town. There's some really talented people. And you're teaching right classes now. at the Funny Bone. I'm teaching classes at when the Funny Bone. When do those take place? How, um, how do you get that information out? Well, you can go to improv-columbus.com. That's my website. And uh, uh, I'll be posting the dates for the shows on there. Guys, thank you so much. I, I think we could probably come and revisit this uh, in a later podcast down the line. Maybe if our if our mutual friend Michael Loftus 
pops back into the town. US, yeah. Uh, we'll get him on, and, and then you guys can just pop in and say, hey, you know, <laughs> we'll give him his time, and yeah, then you yeah. guys can, it'll be a little MCTD. Oh, he's got nothing to talk about. <laughs> it'll be a little MCTD reunion uh, yeah, of sorts. that'd be great. That'd be great. So let me say this. Whiskey Business is a Never the Luck production produced with the cooperation of the Columbus Radio Group. All the opinions are those of your host, me, Dino Tripotis, and my reluctant guests. And I'm never meant to offend, only to enlighten and, you know, occasionally entertain. So, until the next bottle, see ya. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.